is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. Here are Mickey Spagnola, Brian Broaddus, Rob Phillips, and Bill Jones. And this is Talking Cowboys for a fabulous Friday here at the Star in Frisco. Although inside these walls here at the Star in Frisco, it's actually Thursday because the Cowboys play on Monday night this week against the New York Giants. And uh, unlike past Thursdays this season for your Dallas Cowboys, Jason Garrett has elected to take the boys outside for practice today. It's a beautiful day for a football practice. A little chilly out there, but if you got pads on. They may not have the pads on, but if you're out there playing football, then it's a, a perfect day for football. Wouldn't you say, Mickey Spagnola? They have the shells on, and yes, yes the sun is shining brightly. It is. It, it's very nice. Everyone survived Halloween night last night in the Metroplex and around the world, and now we focus on the New York Giants and get down to business. Brian Broaddus, Rob Phillips, how are y'all doing on this fabulous Friday? Doing, doing well. Good. The, Thank media, you. the media asked him about Jason Garrett about practicing outside for a second straight day, and, yep. and Jason's from the East Coast. He said, "What's y'all's problem? It's a beautiful day. The sun's <laughs> out. You can't get any better than this. A little less chilly today than it was on Thursday. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood." Which reminds me, right off the top, my grandson Ezra, three years old, he, uh, I got a text yesterday from my daughter. He pointed at something that he saw, a little book. It was Mr. Rogers on it. No. And he said, that's your daddy, right? <laughs> so, now, so welcome to Mr. Rogers' neighborhood here. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Brian, do I, do I resemble Mr. Rogers? Uh, Fred Rogers and you are not that similar. No. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yeah. a little. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe a little. little. Maybe a little. And by the way, one other thing. Trick-or-treaters, okay? My wife, I wasn't home last night. My wife said we had no trick-or-treaters last night. One of my daughters calls and says, where are the trick-or-treaters? There were no trick-or-treaters yeah. at her house either. And then my middle daughter, she calls and says, where are the trick-or-treaters? Do yeah. people not trick-or-treat anymore? We had, and Brian, I need to return items we had one. One yeah. trick-or-treater. One. Uh, one. Rob? Our bowl was empty when we came home. There you go. So All right. Depends on know. where you live. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. So. I think if you're in a community, of course, this is Captain Obvious talking here, mm -hmm. but if you're, in an, if you're one of those neighborhoods where you have young families, you know, I, I used to be in that, in Plano, was in a young family area, and we, we, we ran out of candy, and mm -hmm. I think the last five years we haven't given out one piece. Yep. And so uh, that's our neighborhood used to be full of kids. Now it isn't. Yeah. Uh, our neighborhood used to be the neighborhood where people drove to the neighborhood to go trick-or-treating. Yeah, yeah, that's what we yeah. had. Now, go. now they go to the rich neighborhoods, I guess. The only ones they had were the two kids across the street. <laughs> yeah. That All was right. it. All right, now, enough trick-or-treating. Yes. Jason Garrett. Anything out of Jason Garrett today, Rob Phillips? Health-wise, this team looks to be in much better shape than they were two weeks ago getting ready for Philly. Sounds like Cam Fleming might be the only guy, again, that is not able to practice. That was the case on Thursday, and they had a few guys limited 
on Thursday, but Amari Cooper was a full participant. So I think he's a good example of the bye week helping out some of these key players. And I think health-wise, they're in really good shape for the Giants. I think the only guys other than Fleming, I don't know about Anthony Brown. I don't know how much he's doing. Yeah, I, Anthony Brown is kind of they're they're using Jordan Lewis. Talking to somebody about this, using Jordan Lewis as the starter. Anthony Brown was getting some. If they were playing like nickel and dime, then he was kind of getting that di- the dime looks where he's the extra defensive back in there as the the sixth one. So he's they're going with Lewis, but Brown is working like he's going to try and get ready to play this game if he can. And then Van Der Esch is still somewhat yes. limited. That's a joke. I should say yeah. very limited. Yeah. That's a Joe Thomas, uh, Sean Lee rotation going on there right now with the, with that spot. But he's got you know what three more days? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Now the Giants happen to be probably as healthy as they have been all season, considering the fact that Every Sterling Shepard was full. He's he missed the last three games yeah. with a concussion. They and got they got three guys. They're all full. They're yeah, all it's full. as clean yeah. for the midseason. Yeah, that's as clean an injury report I think as I've ever seen. They've got three guys on the injury report: two coming off concussions, one a knee, and they all were full participants yesterday. Yeah, and the other two, other than Shepard, are backups. Right. Yeah. Valentine and Haley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. As a matter of fact, I read I read today that uh, this will be uh, the first time all season uh, they've had Bark- Barkley, Ingram, Tate, and Shepard all on the field at the same. That's time. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. And That's Daniel true. Jones. And Daniel Jones. That's right. Yeah, you know, he wasn't hurt. I know. But, I but got gotcha. you. But still, so I, mean, I put and, a fifth in there. There you go. And and that's what I was getting at. They are. This is. They are at. Basically at full strength with all of their guys, uh, including their decision guys, like the quarterback yeah. who they decided to go with. Right. Who the Cowboys, of course, the Cowboys didn't face Daniel Jones or Golden Tate. Uh, you know, Darius, Darius Slayton, Slayton is a yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, he didn't play against the Cowboys exactly. either. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the improvement, I think, that they've made offensively. The fact that they've got Tate back, Slayton, and then Ingram. They have one of the best running backs in the league, uh, you know, toting the mail for him there. Uh, it, this is this is going to be one of those difficult games because I, I I'll say it's difficult. The Cowboys have if the Cowboys come out and attack the Giants defensively like they did in Week One, the Giants will have problems. The Giants don't have a pass rush. They don't cover well on the back end, and they're susceptible to giving up big plays. That that has not changed. The reason why the Giants are not winning games and they're two and five right now is because their defense has let them down, and so. With that being said, though, you know, you think about the situation. The last time this team went to the Meadowlands, played a team, had young quarterbacks, had capable receivers, had a, had a player that could run the ball, you know, you, you just didn't take advantage of the situation defensively against the Jets. And so, you know, that this could very well be another one of those. But uh, the Giants have a lot of problems on defense. They really, really do. They just don't stop anybody. And, and uh, you know, that's, uh, if the Cowboys can take advantage of that, then they should, should win this football game. But if they play like they did against the Jets, then there's, uh, there's problems there. Here's your magic number. What's that? The Giants give up 27 points a game. There it is. The Cowboys average 27 points a game. Yeah. So just write that down before you make your prediction. And and which team, to Brian's point, gives up fewer big plays in the passing game? Because the Cowboys had a bunch in week one. And the Giants, I believe, have given up. They have six opposing, opposing receivers that have logged 100 yards against them. And they give up a lot of big chunk plays. And that's what this offense, when here in Dallas, when they're rolling, they feast off of that. 
and and then they get to tie in Zeke and get the balance going, and that's that's what they're going to shoot for on Monday night. But they have Leonard Williams now. That's right. They've got the new player, Leonard Williams, they who, do. who registered how much in the way of stats with the Jets the first six games of the uh, year? I think zeroed out. Yeah, he he's you know they they're looking for help. They're looking for help on their defensive line. They just do not generate any pass rush, and that and it and it's exposed what their what their secondary has had to endure. Baker, their corner is a good player. But other than that, they they struggle at safety. They struggle at the opposite corner. So yeah, it's uh, it's not a uh, it, it you know uh, James uh, Betcher, their defensive coordinator, has got to make a decision in this game because last time he gave the Cowboys free access and routes. You know when you playing off, you're, you're scared eight, ten yards. You know how many times did the Cowboys complete in breaking routes, slants? digs, things like that. He has got to make a determination that, okay, do I want to give these guys free access and routes or am I going to back off or, 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 or play up and try and hope that I can disrupt and get some type of pressure home because he just hasn't. Even when they were blitzing and twisting and bringing backers and stuff, the Cowboys did a nice job of picking all that stuff up. So he is in a little bit of a bind right now. And if they're going to win this game, they're going to have to win it with their offense, I think. That's right. that's where that you know the, like I say the Giants have been in the majority of their games. Their defense just has not been able to finish for them well enough. And Daniel Jones does give them more of a I think more, a down the field element. I mean, he, you mentioned Slayton, you mentioned Tate, obviously Shepard and Ingram when they're healthy. Um, he is not afraid to go down the field and try to make something happen, and and it has resulted in turnovers for them. But it's also given them a little bit of a spark in the passing game. But too. he'll also do exactly what Eli Manning will do, and that's turn over the football. Yeah, you hit him in the pocket, you affect him in the pocket because he'll hold. If you cover well enough on the back end, he'll make some throws like Rob was saying. Yeah, some tight window throws, but he'll also you can fool him and you can make him hold the ball. And when teams have made him hold the ball. He's dropped the ball in the pocket. Pocket awareness has been bad. Lack of mobility at times has been bad. So, you know, if we saw what we saw in the, uh, in the, in the Eagles game, Lawrence, Quinn, those guys attacking the pocket and hammering at that football that maybe you can get a couple of those short field turnovers that you need. I believe it's 13 turnovers by him in seven games and one fumbles and interceptions and one returned by Detroit for a touchdown last yeah. game. Seven interceptions. He has coughed. He has fumbled eight times yeah. and wow. whatever the loss that gets to your number there. Yeah. Okay. We guess getting started here on this we edition are. of Talking Cowboys. We're on Texas 21 as well. You can watch us on Texas 21 every Friday night from 8 to 9 o'clock in Dallas-Fort Worth and more Talking Cowboys in just a moment. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. 
Inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios here at the Star in Frisco, this is Talking Cowboys. Bill Jones, Mickey Spagnola, Brian Broaddus, and Rob Phillips as we get you ready for your football weekend and a Monday night matchup against the New York Giants as the Cowboys coming off the bye week with a 4-3 and three record. As mandated by the collective bargaining agreement, they got a four-day weekend last weekend, and they wind up getting five out of six days off finally returning to practice after practicing on Tuesday, getting another day off on Wednesday. Then they hit it hard in preparations for the Giants starting on Thursday. Is there any concern at all coming off the bye week, coming off a big win against the Philadelphia Eagles, going into a matchup against a team that you handled uh, easily in the season opener 35-17, to that this team won't be ready to play on Monday night? I don't, I don't worry about that because I think, number one, the bye week came at a perfect time. I mean, they had to get some some time off for these guys to heal up a little bit. Um, so I don't think it was. Now, they had some momentum coming out of the Philly game, and maybe you want to play the following week, but they needed to rest some guys up. Number two, I mean, this team was 3-0. and They were 3-0, and and all of a sudden they found themselves 3-3. and I think that's a, that's a lesson to be learned. If nothing else, that Jets game where you think you go in there and, and everybody's probably telling you you got this and you don't. And where and, was that played? Same exact <laughs> structure, right up in the Meadowlands. No, I, it I was don't, just I don't, green. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't worry about that. But yeah. I, I do. To what we talked about last segment, though. This is a Giants team with some talent, though. Yeah. I mean, the Giants have found themselves in some holes, though, and then they've had to kind of try and claw their way out of it, though. You know, I, I think if you're the Cowboys offensively, you have to look at them and say, okay, that's the same guy that was across from me in Week One. I know I can handle him, you know, and, and uh, you know, I, I think offensively what we saw in the Philadelphia game, I believe, is what you'll see going forward from now on. You know, I, I, you know they're going to try and, and have the balance, but they're going to have to try and get the ball spread around too. You know, they've got the weapons to do that. They've got a quarterback that's playing pretty well. I don't think you can pin a lot of the, the any problems offensively that the Cowboys have had. He's had some turnovers, but – I mean, that's probably the only thing you could say. But he, he against these division opponents, he usually lines up and, and plays really, really well. And they're going to have a hard time covering Amari Cooper. They're going to have a hard time covering Michael Gallup. They're going to have a hard time covering Blake Jarwin. You know, And if they can get the protection, they can put a lot of pressure on these Giants. Again, it's defensively, can you not give up the big plays like we saw in that Jets game uh, that uh, ultimately was the, uh, the NW for that one? Mickey, do you remember what the Cowboys did coming out of the bye last year? Yeah, they got beat by Tennessee, Tennessee 28-14. 28-14, and fell to 3-5 and five on the season with that loss. And that was the Amari Cooper debut? That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But it was, still wasn't the Amari Cooper offense just yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what they need. They, 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 they are and so... it was only, I'm sorry, No, there was only one week of Mark Colombo as the offensive line coach also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they just, they're, they're capable of beating any team in the National Football League. They really are. They're, offensively, they can do, they, they present a hard, they present hard challenges for defensive coordinators to have to deal with it, especially with this offensive line. If it's all together with the running back, the quarterback, and all these wide receivers and the tight ends, they're capable of putting up a lot of points. They're capable of putting up a lot of yards. If they get ahead of you, they're capable of running the football on you, too, to keep you from getting the ball. So, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's really going to be about that offense coming out and playing to their capabilities – 
But then the defense, like Rob says, don't give up those big plays. Don't allow Daniel Jones to feel comfortable in this football and game. And don't give him, don't give him and the rest of the team the feeling that they can beat you, like what happened against the Jets that, the last time they right. went up there. Yep, absolutely. You know? that, that Jets game at the Meadowlands, there was no electricity energy in that building until they got up by a couple scores. And all of a sudden, now we got something well, to cheer Well, the people were about. expecting to get beat. Yeah. They're expecting to get beat. And if you're a Giants fan, you're probably sitting there going, well, wait a minute, the Jets beat these guys? Okay. Yeah, well, let's, let's you know. But, again, go back and watch the first game. They have done nothing defensively to help themselves other than add Leonard Williams. And can Leonard Williams be enough? He wasn't enough when the Jets played. He's a good player, but he, they, they still lack pass rush. They really, really do. Don't give up a 70-yard run Yeah, right at the beginning of the game. And by the way, I'm going to amend my 27. Yep. Because they held Washington to three. That's right. So in the other seven games, they've given up 30 points a game. Yeah, and in this four-game losing streak for them against Minnesota, they gave up 28. At New England, they gave up 35. Arizona, 27. And then at Detroit, 31. See, yeah. and this offense is capable of doing that if they don't turn the ball over. They are their own worst enemy in these games. I mean, uh, think about it. Yep, yep. And, and, but to me, the Giants have no answers for them. Now, offensively, yes, the Giants have answers. Because I think the quarterback is very capable of moving the ball, like I said. This tight end receiver, and Mickey just said it. You can't allow that guy to have a 70-yard run. Because he very well, it's going to be minus one, minus two, gain of five, gain of four, 75 yards. You've made this comparison, and Rod Marinelli's sure. made this comparison. It's Barry Sanders is exactly what it's like. It's like playing Barry Sanders. The, 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 the balance, the mobility, the agility, the, the just hold your breath every time they hand him the ball. He's the closest thing to Barry Sanders I've ever seen. A much larger Barry Sanders. He's a much larger, stronger Barry Sanders, but he's got the same type of ability as Barry Sanders. How much did Barry Sanders catch the ball out of the backfield? Very little. I don't really yeah. Yeah. Oh, remember that either. And that's, the, that's the yeah. other thing that not Barkley brings that yeah. Sanders did well, not. Although guys, Sanders could have. I mean, <laughs> they just didn't use him that yeah, way. Yeah, they had back guys then. like Herman Moore and Perryman and people right. like that. You know, they had they had receivers that but were But that's a big play. concern is with Barkley. Oh, the screens. Yeah. And, and even downfield. Uh, yeah. Will McClay breaks it down on the Jason Garrett show this yeah. week uh, where Daniel Jones was able to buy some time, extend the play, and then Barkley came open underneath uh, on a route about 20 yards downfield yeah. uh, that uh, and so he's he's dangerous all over the field really you have to be worried about when they get in a bunch formation or a trips formation and then throw the screen the opposite way like you they've got they you've declared strength to one way and you play it and you overplay that side and then all of a sudden it's it's Ingram on a tight end screen it's Barkley on a tight on a screen coming out the back door the other way and you've got not enough bodies over there to defend it that's a problem and he, him, having to deal with him in the open field is tough because when you commit to tackling him, you know if you're not spot on, he he just discards you and then goes up the field. Yeah, you better have a couple there. Yeah. You know, and if you think about it, you know he rushed for 120 yards against the Cowboys, and I exaggerated 70. It was 59 yard yeah. run. So take First that 59 again, yeah. yard run out of there, and they did a decent job against him. But you can't make that exception. Oh, all but one play. Well, you have to. You have to take him out of the game and that means scoring points that the Giants got in a hole and they and now they had to start throwing the football right. to get back in the game and maybe that's the best way to play against this guy is 
yeah, you got to tackle him, but maybe you if you get the score out of whack and then you make Daniel Jones. Then you take him out. Then you're not the Daniel Jones has two uh, two fumbles in the pocket. He throws you an interception. Now you walk out of there with a 35 to 14 it, win. It's what's happened to Zeke for a few games. Those three games they lost. I mean, oh, people asking about Zeke's workload and production. Well, they haven't been able to get him and probably as involved as they wanted to. And then all of a sudden, lo and behold, he's got 111 rushing yards against against Philly because they got that balance back that Brian's talking about. Give us a call. You can join the show on this Friday, 888-855-2297. How big a game do the Cowboys need out of their linebackers against Barkley and the Giants when we come back here on Talking Cowboys? Apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store and learn how to buy one smartphone and get a second one on us. Based on GWS One Score, September 2018. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys and with us you'll travel like a pro visit cowboystravel.com to book your travel package today work the Cowboys way and channel the winning business tradition of the Dallas Cowboys and the Jones family at formation this dynamic workspace provides an elevated work experience on the star's aspirational campus with exclusive membership options available to meet varying needs. Choose from open workspaces, dedicated desks, and private offices to leverage our home field advantage for your individual business success. Limited memberships are available now, so apply today at formationatthestar.com. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at stetson.com today. Back to Talking Cowboys. Join us on November 9th on Tostitos Championship Plaza for the Salute to Service Plaza Party. Enjoy live entertainment, military ceremonies, Dallas Cowboys alumni autographs, and more. After the event festivities, the star will be hosting the top two Madden players as they face off in the EA Sports Madden NFL 20 Club Championship presented by Spire. That is... November 9th, which is a week from tomorrow, Saturday, November 9th. Cowboys will be back home last week. They've got a Sunday night game next week against the Minnesota Vikings after this Monday night game against the New York Giants. How many more night games? I haven't, I haven't looked, but uh, there's two in the next two games. Bet you that Philadelphia game there's gets one tonight. And there's yeah. one in Chicago. 
yeah. on uh, Thursday after Thanksgiving. Yeah, at least that's so only three a there. two hour ride back. Yeah. Remember, I just the, remember the last time you went to Chicago yeah, on a kinda, Thursday night? It was kind of cold, wasn't it? It was like coldest ever sub, been at a game. Sub zero, <laughs> yeah. basically. All those years in Green Bay? That was the coldest I've ever been in a football game. Wow. Mm. I was so happy I was not there. Uh, yeah. It was tough. There was a playoff game. Um, San Francisco went into Chicago and beat them. Mm-hmm. And everybody was talking about how, oh, Chicago's used to the cold. They're, you know, no way San Francisco's going to be able to do this or that. And then they went in there and whipped their butts. Yeah. We were walking to the car afterwards when we got done writing. And I was going, this is as cold as I've ever been. And somebody <laughs> reminded me, you grew up here. I said, yeah, but I don't remember this. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. It can, it can get bitter on the lake. How much do you think the Cowboys tight end is enjoying the fact that he's going to be on the football field and not in the Monday night football broadcast booth on Monday night? He might be the most ecstatic guy <laughs> in the stadium. Has he talked yet this week? He should today. Okay. Yeah. He usually right. talks on what is a th- normal Thursday work week. So, yeah, we'll get his thoughts on being out of the booth. That's right. You know? Or maybe if it's too cold, he'll run up there. <laughs> it's almost like those 10 months he was gone is surreal. You know, it's uh-huh. like, I mean, because he really, it wasn't even a full year. You know, I think Zach Martin talked about that yesterday. It was like he was gone and then all of a sudden he's back and he's still, you know, he's still being vocal. He's still being the same old wit, you know. Loves playing against these guys too. Yeah. yeah. Look at his career. His career playing against the Giants has been what, unbelievable. What was that? Uh, what's his record? It was against the Giants, wasn't it? Um, is it like 21 catches? 19, 21? Oh, he had 18. 18 catches in one game Yeah, yeah. 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 against the Giants. Yeah, some big ones, right? Yeah. He's had, yeah, he's had some really big ones. And he, and he played well in the opening day, too. We kind of like, whoa, maybe Witt needs to play a little bit more. But, yeah, uh, he, every time he's seen that uh, that uh, NY on that helmet, he's, he's lined up and, and played very, very okay, well. Okay, when you watch him this year, how much is – what do you know, to know about notice about him as to, compared to what he was playing like two years ago? Oh, well, he's not as fast as he was, and he's not as quick as he once was. But the, the thing that has never escaped him is his ability to catch the football. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, the mobility and stuff might not be great, but the fact that he 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 can makes up for it by the way he can make contested plays. Now, we we saw like on the two point play that was you know he was. That really the ball didn't get to him where like it needed to get to him. But still, when you watch him run routes, I mean, he he still can make those 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 subtle little moves, get himself a little separation, and if he get it into his in his area of, of where he could catch his reach and stuff, he could come down with the ball. He's always been able to do that. I still think he's a great w- red zone player. Finding spots. Finding spots. You know, he's a big body. He knows how to push, and he knows how to get away with it so the officials won't call it, you know? You asked difference between now and two years ago. Okay, yeah. I think he's running better than he was in 2017. He's definitely not running Not running like he was in 2013. Yeah. But, you know, he he just seems a little bit more fluid. I don't know. Maybe his fresh legs, uh, better condition, lost weight. I don't know. But, yeah. There's a couple of these guys you need to keep an eye on in the second half of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you talk about veteran guys, you know, we've seen guys have really good first halves and then the second half, where do they go kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Witten could be that guy, but Robert Quinn could be another one. Mm-hmm. Robert Quinn had a lot of production in the first half of the season. So sometimes a little bit of veteran guy, you think, okay, the break had to help him. 
but can he can he match what he was able to do in the first half of the season? Sometimes we see those guys kind of fall off. Uh, you know, the 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 father time thing kind of gets to him a little bit, and and they don't play at a high level. I I think Quinn will be, a, be will play at a high level. But I always keep an eye on those veteran guys on the second half of the season and see if the wear and tear starts to, to get on a little bit. I'll throw out another one. and It's not because he's that much of a veteran guy, although he is a veteran guy, but coming off the Guillain-Barre syndrome right. is Travis Frederick in the Travis second Travis Frederick, the there you year. go. Yeah. Well, you, you can't monitor his snaps, but you can monitor Quinn's. You could surely do mm-hmm. Quinn's. And, and keep keep the rotation and just going. like and just like with Sean Lee too. Sean Lee's another, another example too. A guy that I, I, I kind of feel like and I'm gonna write this in my notes today, my final thoughts. Sean Lee played so well against the Eagles and you and you think, well, why does Sean Lee play so well in this game? That's well, because Sean Lee played. I don't think Sean Lee. I think where I maybe misevaluated Sean Lee mm-hmm. was, oh, he could he could come off the bench and he could do this and he could do this and he could do this. I think Sean Lee needs to get in a flow of a game. I think he needs to see how they're blocking him. I think he needs to see how they're running the football. I think he needs to see how the routes are developing. And as a you Sam, know, you can't get into the. You flow. can't get You're into the flow the... of a game. And and I think this. I think not being. Uh, not playing 60 snaps has affected Sean Lee. And what happened? He got a lot of snaps in that Eagles game, gets in the flow of the game, and now we see some those Sean Lee traits that we've we've kind of grown and known love. Now he's healthy as he's ever been. You know, I'm knocking on wood as mm-hmm. I say that. But to me, he's one of those guys, as he gets in the flow of the game, the better he plays. And he had the most snaps he's had this season, 45 or so right. against the Eagles in the right. last game. As Mickey said off the top, there is still concern on Leighton Van Der Esch, who didn't do anything yesterday right. in the first practice of this week. We'll see what how he goes through the weekend and how ready he is if he's able to play on Monday night. But, but how about even going forward with everybody healthy, how can they make it a rotation, or should they make it a rotation in there, even at, at the will, where well, Sean can yeah, be involved in that, I, I would love and to also see, it would yeah. benefit Van Der Esch as well? I'd love to see Sean Lee get more snaps. I'd like to see Joe Thomas actually get some more mm-hmm. snaps, too. I think Joe Thomas is one of those guys that, if you talk about a guy that maybe that who's a guy that's kind of, if you want to say, under the radar right now that could maybe in the second half. I know we had that as a mailbag question today, and I, and I wrote Joe Thomas. I think Joe Thomas has got that kind of ability. Sean Lee, Joe Thomas. These linebackers, as you mentioned is before we went to break, They've got to play well these last nine How'd games. How'd they play in the first game against the Giants? Oh, I thought I thought oh, the fit, yeah, played yeah, awfully yeah. well. Gave I, that, up that big run, just Mickey. a big There's run, only, but only other the than big run, Barclays. yeah. But other yeah. than that, yeah, I think that. But this is going to be a different. I think this is going to be a different game for them because you're going to see so many crossing routes and stuff mm-hmm. underneath. Can they get at the proper depth? Can they affect? The way the routes can they get through uh, picks and things like that that we're going to see? Can they hustle to not let the screen get out the back door? You know, those are all those things as linebackers. We, we started to see a little bit of tackles for loss, and Mickey went through it the other day on our show where he said, "Hey, one and two tackles for loss, not five and seven and eight tackles for loss." So this linebacking core, it's to me, it's just as a it's one of the most important parts of this defense because it, their ability to keep runs from being big and also tackle in place so those passes that only three, four yards are not 26 and 27 yards. Late so Van Jalen was, Smith, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jalen Smith had 11 tackles. Van Der Esch had nine yeah. in that first game. And the other thing to remember about Quinn, he, he's only played 
He didn't play against the Giants. Yeah, he didn't play against the Giants. He only played five games. He He missed two and a half games. And for some reason, I'm looking for the snap count in here, and and it got eliminated from the extended stats package here. Vander Esch was so excited to play week one against the Giants because it was going to test their tackling right off the bat. Saquon Barkley can't ask for a better test. And I think overall they, they tackled him pretty well. They haven't always tackled as well as they would like this season. Uh, that was one thing Sean Lee did really well against the Eagles, which is open field making tackles. Yeah. And, and we'll see if he has more snaps. I mean, there's been times this year where they have taken Jalen Smith, Van Der Esch off the field and mixed in Sean Lee and Joe Thomas. I, I don't know if that'll become a, a pure rotation if everybody's healthy, but maybe you can get him on the field a little yeah. more. I was just wondering because they've done a pretty good job of regulating Quinn's snaps, I think. Like he hadn't had to overly use him. And now with the addition of Bennett, you can use Armstrong a little bit more yeah. uh, to help out in a in a rotation package there, so not to use him up. And I think that was the idea with Lawrence, too, to try to keep him fresh. And so you were wondering about Quinn's snap yeah. counts. Uh, Quinn, first game against Miami, 44, which uh, was 63% of the snaps. He had 70% of the snaps against New Orleans, 49, 75% against Green Bay, 54, 75% against the Jets, 45. Just played a half against uh, the Eagles and had 23 and snaps. So, yeah. Yeah. so he's been so. playing about half the games yep. almost. All right, when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, Boys, let's talk about Michael Bennett's possible impact and Tristan Hill. Cowboys. So this is Jack Black made Santa approved. The big guy knows a lot about keeping his beard groomed and looking season ready, but Jack Black knows even more. You get free Supreme Cream 2.6 ounces with your $60 purchase. If you go to Jack Black and use the code BEARD, you'll get that free. We're in the month of November now, so can we anticipate on these Jack Black reads that we'll have even more of a holiday uh, spirit about these reads We've now? been having holiday spirit. Yeah, we but, had but, Halloween, and now we're moving on right. to Christmas. That's, Don't that's worry right. about Thanksgiving. You've already got your Christmas tree out ready for Jack Black. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Look, it's a pretty picture here, too, by the way, if you can see that. Oh, yeah. that's excellent. Yeah. Oh, very nice. All right. All right. We welcome you on Texas 21 each and every Friday night, 8 to 9 o'clock, to check out Talking Cowboys. And for those of you who are just watching us for the first time on Texas 21, we are on DallasCowboys.com. You can find us elsewhere. Also, just search around on your iPhone. You can probably find us on a podcast on your iPhone. Uh, We do this show every day during the football season from 11 a.m. to 11.45, one of a number of shows here produced by uh, the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, it's your place to find out all you need to know about the Dallas Cowboys. Very good, Bill. 
I thought that was probably a good public service announcement That's to excellent. make. Excellent. Helping people TV out. Plug. That's right. That's right. Okay, Michael Bennett. You expect uh, an impact right off the bat Monday night against the Giants. What do you think? Any thought on that there, Mick? I think he'll uh, help out the pass rush. I think he'll help it out inside uh, more than anything else, uh, kind of rotating in there, and it gives them uh, some backup to uh, Malik Collins. And, and, you know, if they want to go nickel and put them both in there at the same time, then I'm good with that. And he can help out at defensive end. So I don't know that he's a starter or anything, but rotate that guy in there. Yeah, they just—I think Mickey nailed it perfectly there. You know, to, to me, it's—it's it's about can you get him involved in some nickel stuff? Can he be a—can he be a better rusher than what they've gotten from? You know, they can move Collins over, put him in. They haven't got a whole lot out of Covington. Covington's played at times. I think he's played well, but they don't get enough from him. Uh, so here it is. You could put Collins in there at Covington's spot. You could put Bennett at the under tackle or the three, and now you put him to the same side as, say, Lawrence or then Quinn. And now you're having to you're making you're putting a lot of stress on the offensive, the center, the guard, and the tackle to account for two guys uh, that are that are premier pass rushers. And uh, you know, I, I, do they do I see them throwing him in the deep end of the pool? We got a couple more days of practice, and I, I, I kind of got the feeling that they're working him in slowly, like Mickey said, at defensive tackle for a couple of reps, maybe getting him a little work at defensive end for a couple of reps. But it's not like okay, eight plays in a series, let's put him out there six of those plays. Yeah, I yeah. Think you know, the other thing I think you have to take into consideration in two weeks or less than two weeks, he turns thirty-four. Right. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful. You don't want to wear him out. Yeah. yeah. Although he hadn't played hadn't a lot played of snaps yeah. for the Patriots. No, and he, he's and, fresh. Yeah. yeah. And and he is familiar with a lot of the some of the terminology of this system because he played for Chris Richard in Seattle and he's been making money. He was undrafted. People may forget that in 2009. He's been the guy that can can line up in those nickel situations and rush even at 275 pounds and then or kick outside. And rush as well. Zach Martin was talking about him yesterday. He's like, I'm, I'm glad we don't see him anymore on the opposite side. He's faced him a lot of times. He says he's really good at, at, at kind of reading your set and working off of it. And he's just a veteran guy that knows how to play. Um, and for what they traded, you know, to get him, it seems like a good move. You know, it can only help this team from a sheer talent perspective. Okay, Mr. Texas Aggie. Yeah. Martellus Bennett, his younger brother, was uh, actually a second-round draft pick of the Dallas Cowboys. Michael Bennett undrafted. From your memory of him at Texas A&M, why was Michael Bennett undrafted? Did he not make much of an impact at A&M? I don't know. If he, he I wasn't, can't remember. I don't recall that much, but I don't know if he was a featured guy in their defense all the time. Um, but I, I went back and I was reading stuff about when he went to Seattle and he, they tried him. It's one of those things where if you're a rookie trying to make the team, just try it a couple different spots. And he really impressed them as an inside rusher, undersized, quick right. up the right. field. And that's what he's been able to do throughout yeah. his career. And he was with Seattle and then he was waived or practiced. Well, I can't remember exactly. And then Tampa Bay picked him up and right. then he comes back to Seattle. So, I mean, it took some time for him to get his legs in the league too. Yeah, he did. And he's Rob's right though. When you watched him play in college, he developed, as an uh, inside rusher, and that's always been his calling card. And I was surprised just watching him play in the games this year how strong he really is. Mm-hmm. I, I remember him in the Philadelphia and stuff, playing in that wide nine, rushing and attacking. But when you see him play inside, you see him use his hands more. You see him use his strength and power more. 
And that's something that uh, for an older guy that you kind of feel like that goes away. But with him, it's, it seems like it's improved uh, as he's gone along in his career. Yeah, and you don't want to overuse him inside because he's only 274. So he's kind of like Crawford. Yeah. And you don't kind of use him the same way. Get him out there and let's go. Okay, so what do we make of Tristan Hill's bye week? Rough one. Probably had better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and people, yes. don't, people don't want me to say this, and I, I tried to answer this question on Twitter last night, and that's probably my first mistake. But uh, the kid is 21 years old, right? And so you, you start to think – Here's a guy that when the inactive list came out in week one, he wasn't sure. He thought, you know, he's like, well, everybody dresses. I'm supposed, you know, he didn't know the, the situation. There's a lot of things that Tristan Hill does not know. Rod Marinelli is, I think, a difficult guy to play for if you don't do the right things. You know, because Rod can be very blunt and very honest. And Rod has a timetable for guys. And Rod really was the one that was championing going. I mean, he made the trips to Orlando. He was the guy that was really involved with this recruitment and then ultimately then the the drafting of the player. So Rod thought enough of him to to put his neck on the line for say to to do this. Now, but it's up to the kid. You know, it's up to the kid to you know, to 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 have to come in to try and learn. Mickey, I heard Mickey on the radio this morning, and he was absolutely right. The kid gives you effort when he practices. When he, it's not a lack of wanting to 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 play well or try to play well or play hard. He just doesn't know yet. And he's 21 years old, and he doesn't know. He you know the the uh, he's the total opposite of what you would say Amari Cooper is. Where Amari Cooper is a pro. He works, you know, he does what he's supposed to do. He's on time. He, you know, da, da, da. All these things you talk about what a pro should do. Tristan Hill hasn't learned that yet. And is that his fault? Yeah. Is it the organization's fault for not teaching him? Yeah, it is. Well, he got taught this. He got taught. And that Mickey's absolutely right. Sleeping, being late, those, are, those things are inexcusable. That's your job. That is that is your job, and so hopefully this is one of those things. Now, if it's something that happens again, or if it's something we hear about happens, you know, four weeks from now, then now be alarmed. But right now, you need to help him all you can to learn how to be a pro. It's a little surprising because what you heard about him throughout the first part of the season when he was inactive was it's not for lack of effort, like Brian yeah. said. It's not strong. Mickey said that too. He's right about that. That's another thing from a physical standpoint, like a Connor Williams last year, maybe he does need a full off season to get stronger, reshape his body and come back at it next year with Michael Bennett here, though, you got to wonder what his snaps are going to look like the rest of the way. He's probably an act. Yeah. Yeah. And get on the weight room right now. Just go ahead and be stronger and mature. Yeah. Got to mature. Some guys come in a little naive, I think. Yeah. All right, when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, our picks to click. And who wins on Monday night against the Giants? Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, It's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. 
Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store and learn how to buy one smartphone and get a second one on us. Based on GWS One Score, September 2018. It's time for Tailgate with the Otterbox Boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce, the growler. Mm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at stetson.com today. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Back to Talking Cowboys. And Talking Cowboys continues from the star in Frisco. Final four minutes of the show here as we uh, approach the Monday night game, get you set for a big football weekend. Hey, we got basketball tonight at the AAC. You got the Lakers in town, LeBron and the Lakers. How about this matchup? You got Luca and the Unicorn against LeBron and the Unibrow tonight at the AAC. Mm. You like that, Mickey? Did you think about that for a while? <laughs> Did one of them get suspended for a fight? That who got suspended? Two, two guys get two no, games. Uh, that uh, was Philly uh, and Minnesota. Okay. Towns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's right. My NBA knowledge right <laughs> there. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. All right. Gotcha. And on Saturday, Stars and the Canadians. Oh, Stars and the Canadians on Saturday. Sounds Original like six. Mickey is making a plans to head to the oh, AAC Canada. for that. Yes, yep. absolutely. I singing glimpse, the national anthem. I got a glimpse at Mickey's season tickets, man. Those you are, have season tickets? Those are nice. Ten games. Oh, really? Ten-game package. Okay. I was treated. All right. And off Twitter. Let's hear from the Carol Dragon, Jake Benoit. Will we see Ola Wally down the field on routes again like he was week one against the Giants? Yeah, they ran that wheel route on him. Have they, they done just, it since? They have not done it since. Maybe, you uh, know, with, with the way the safety play is for the Giants, for <laughs> the lack of it, uh, if they can't get a guy over the top to defend that, it might not be a bad call. But I, I think that was a one-shot deal with Kellen Moore. Okay. Maybe use it against a different team because they've seen maybe, it before. Maybe a different team. Yeah. Okay. Maybe a different team. All right. Our picks to click. Who wants to go first on the picks to click this week? All right. Mickey's got his clicker out. <laughs> I will take. I'm glad he's just got a name ready. I will yeah, take. This is well, he gave me some time to think well, about it. Well, yeah, bye week. We, we gave him some time. We gave That's him a right. bye week to think about it. I'll take Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. And why is that? Because he's Amari Cooper and, and they he's can't going up cover. against the Giants. That's secondary. right. That's yes. great. Okay. Very good. I'll go with Michael Gallup. Because he's Michael Gallup. Everybody's he, picking these wide receivers. And he, huh? uh, <laughs> the, he led the team in receiving. First game of the season against the Giants, seven catches, 158 yards. He had a 62-yard catch. 
He's had opportunities recently. Some balls he has gone through his fingers, and he had a big second half of the season last year. I think he'll get it rolling. I'm going to go with Demarcus Lawrence here. I think what we saw in Philadelphia is the start of him coming around technique-wise, uh, playing with his hands, the balance. We're starting to see maybe the, the fact that he was really off all of training camp affected him more than we wanted to believe. And so I can just see him. He's going against uh, Mike Reimers. Uh, there, the uh, the tackle, and I, I feel like that it, with watching Reimers play a little bit, he's he's been struggling, and so this is a good opportunity for Lawrence to to get off, have one of those games, couple of sacks, maybe create a fumble like we did against Philadelphia. How did the Cowboys tight end do the last time the Cowboys went to play the Giants at the Meadowlands? So I need to look that up, or are you going to tell me? He did okay. Yes, he did. How many touchdowns did he score? Three, Three, right? In the first half. Yeah. Right? Blake Jarwin. He was Mm -hmm. the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, I do believe. Yes, he he was. was. Billy Joe Dupree. Uh, yeah, first time wow. since what seventy one maybe. He's had four touchdowns three. and it all against the Giants, right? Okay, yeah. so my pick to click is. I would guess Blake Jarwin. Nope, <laughs> Jason Witten. Jason, Jason Witten. Witten on Monday Night Football, baby, on Monday Night Football. I should have known. What's Booger gonna say about Jason Witten's three touchdown catches <laughs> against the New York Giants? There you go. I'll make sure what I'm listening. You yeah. like that one? Yes, absolutely. I always got something up my sleeve. Yeah, you do. Okay. Yeah. And, okay, so who wins? I got the Cowboys 24-16 in this one. 34-16. Oh, 24-16. 24-16. Yeah. I'll go 34-24 Cowboys. I'll go 30-17 Cowboys. Cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Giants are going to score. 30-17. 30-17. What was the score the last time they played? 35-17. I'm going 30-20, Cowboys with a victory over the New York football Giants. So for all right. If not, it's going to be trouble. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it's a huge game. I mean, Gotham, you look, this we're starting November. Yeah. This, this is Friday, November Gotham. 1st. Gotham. And they got five games in a span of 25 days yeah. starting Monday night. Got to get this And one. when you look at that schedule, everyone got a W right there on this first one. Okay? Had one with the Jets, too. Last time they went to MetLife Stadium. That's right. Yeah. They had a W penciled in on that one. Yeah. So you better win this one. Brian, you're going to be doing what on I Monday? I got uh, the pregame show an hour before. So check us out on all the, cow- all the Cowboy platforms, please. And uh, I'll be on uh, CBS 11, Cowboys game day, 1030 on Sunday morning. Check out Mickey and Rob on the pregame show on 105.3 The Fan. We appreciate you joining us here on Talking Cowboys. Have a great football weekend, and we'll see you again next week.